Welcome to Victory Church of His Presence Sermon of the Week. Enjoy this new message from Pastor Brian Gibbs. Would you grab your Bibles tonight? Would you go to 2 Corinthians chapter 3? 2 Corinthians 3. And Cody, if I could just have you for just a few more minutes. Just, I promise, just a few more minutes. It's not a joke. for your mighty presence, Lord. Thank you for your mighty presence. Lord, I thank you that you are changing us. Let us be aware of how you are changing us in your presence. Awaken us to how you are changing us right now. Right now in your presence so that we go from glory to glory. Glory to glory. In Jesus' name. In Jesus' name. Mm-hmm. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord. Amen. Second Corinthians chapter 3. Thank you so much, Cody. I almost fell into worthy as the lamb, but if I fall into that, I'll... I'll <laughs> I won't get out of it for the next half hour. <laughs> you, and, and you were teasing me with that, weren't you? Yes, you were. You were like, he's going to fall for it. He's not going to preach. <laughs> well, as we are charting our course, every one of us individually and also um, corporately for 2019, this is a time that we, we draw closer to the Lord. Amen. The time that we truly draw closer to the Lord and nearer to the Lord in this time and that we do get synchronized and that we get in union, we get, we get tuned up, we get in tune with the Spirit of God, amen, so that the frequency that He's moving in, and this is not New Age language, but the frequency that the Lord is moving in is the frequency we want to move in, amen. Amen. The direction he's going is the direction we want to be going. Amen. So we want to be led by his spirit. We want to be moved by his voice, led by his spirit. So thank you, Lord. Hmm. Lord, we want to hear your voice, but we also want to feel your heart. We want to hear your voice, but we want to feel your heart, God. The Apostle Paul writes in verse 17, he says, Now the Lord is the Spirit, and where the Spirit of the Lord is, there is liberty. (laughs) But we all with unveiled face, beholding as in a mirror the glory of the Lord, are being transformed into the same image from glory to glory, just as by the Spirit of the Lord. One more time. Now the Lord is the Spirit, and where the Spirit of the Lord is, there is liberty. We all with unveiled face, unveiled face, beholding as in a mirror the glory of the Lord, are being transformed into the same image from glory to glory just as by the Spirit of the Lord. Such a magnificent portion of Scripture as Paul begins to dive through 2 Corinthians chapter 3, and he shares the visual of Moses up into the mountain of the Lord. And you can go to Exodus 33 another time in your study and your personal time alone with the Lord in Exodus 33 where Moses goes into the thick cloud there on Mount Sinai. And he's invited into the very glory of the Lord. He's up in the glory 40 days and 40 nights. Paul begins to talk about this encounter just verses before this about Moses coming down from the mountain, and he was so radiant. He was so filled with the wonder and the glory 
the very presence, the very essence of God, that they had to put a veil over his face because the children of Israel, they couldn't look upon him because it was so powerful. Think about that. Think about that. Amazing. Yet Paul goes on and he says the glory that, that, that was on an inferior covenant, it was passing away. A new glory has now come on a new covenant which is upon us where the Spirit of the Lord is. And he says where the Spirit of the Lord is, there is liberty. And then he says, but we with unveiled face behold as in a mirror the glory of the Lord. We are being transformed into that same image from glory to glory. Right down tonight, I'm changing. I am changing. I am being transformed. I am changing. I am being transformed. Moses was called up into the mountain of the Lord in Exodus 33. And then we see this picture of Jesus doing the same with his apostles in Mark. Mark chapter 3 and verse 13 where Jesus called his disciples to come alone just to be with him. And I want you to notice that, just to be with him. He called, first of all, Jesus called his disciples unto himself. He didn't just call them so that they could receive an assignment or a duty or a job description. He called them to himself, to himself first just to be with him so that intimacy, so that relationship could be established. Are you with me tonight? I want to talk to you tonight about intimacy and impartation that happens through being with the Lord. I want to talk to you tonight about friendship with God. Friendship with God. This is so key as we move into every day of 2019 that we stay so synchronized, so in step with the Holy Spirit for every day for 2019, coming out of friendship, friendship with the Lord, intimate friendship, time well spent with the Lord. I love the description out of Acts 4 concerning uh, Peter and John, where the Pharisees could tell that Peter and John, that they had been with Jesus. It actually says, when they saw the boldness and the fierceness and the aggressiveness that was upon them, the, the scribes and the Pharisees, they, they recognized these men too had literally been with Jesus. When you're with Jesus, you are being transformed. You are bearing a new image. It is the desire of my heart to be with Jesus so much that people begin to see the Lord in my presence. That they begin to see and experience the Lord in my countenance. That they begin to hear the voice of influence of the Lord upon my voice. That they feel the Lord in my touch. That should be our prayer. That should be our burning prayer and our burning desire that we are, as we are with the Lord so much in friendship and quality time with the Lord that people literally begin to see the Lord in our countenance and in our presence. Should make us hungry for more of Him, shouldn't it? Time well spent with Him. In John chapter 17... In verse 3, it says, and this is eternal life, that they may know you, the only true God, and Jesus Christ whom you have sent. One more time. And this is eternal life, that they may know you, the only true God, and Jesus Christ whom you have sent. Now that word know there is translated in the Greek, genesco. Genesco, and this is what it means. It means experiential learning through process. Hear this. It is experiential learning through process. In this case, it, it means personal knowledge that produces and leads to relationship. Hear this again. Genesco. It means experiential learning through process. 
In this case, it, it means personal knowledge that produces and leads to relationship. I love that. The tense or the mood of this word speaks to possibility and potential. I hope you're taking notes tonight. This is so important. This is what happens through experiential time with God. It is a process. It is experiential transactions and in interfacing with God that we are changed, that we are transformed. It is through that process of time with God, of learning His ways, of learning His nature, of learning His very essence, of learning His dreams, His desires, what inspires the Lord, what He dreams of, that our heart starts coming alive. Our, our heart starts coming alive to begin to burn for what God burns for. That what He's passionate about takes hold of our lives and we too become passionate for what He desires. Relationship requires investment. Relationship, it requires investment. But this word, as he says, I pray that they know the only true God. Again, it's through experiential learning and process. It's a personal knowledge of God that produces or leads to relationship. Paul prays this prayer over us, and he prays in Ephesians chapter 3 and verse 19. I love this prayer. He prays that we would know the love of Christ that passes knowledge and that you would be filled with all the fullness of God. That we would know the love of Christ that passes knowledge. This is Ephesians 3.19. That we would know the love of Christ that surpasses knowledge. And that we would be filled with the fullness of God. I, I, I can't help it, but every time that I... Think about the scripture. What is Paul talking about? He's talking about experiential revelation. What, what surpasses just knowledge is experiential revelation. And it is a revelation that you possess within you because you know it. Through being. Through being. I, when I think of the scripture, I, I always use this example. But men would come to me. Over and over, and they would say, Brian, when you have kids, it's going to change your life. And I thought I knew that. And I, I, it was like I was just a, a constant bobblehead. You know, I had men coming to me all the time. When you have, you know, your children, it's going to change your entire life. And I would say, yeah, 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 I, I know. I, but I didn't know. I had no idea. But when, I, when Brent and I had Josiah and Victoria, it changed my entire life. Exclamation point. Now, how did I know that? No. How did I know it? Well, it surpassed knowledge, and it came to me through experiential revelation. I became a father. Everything about my life was transformed. I became a father. My affections were different. My vision for life was transformed. I, I, I remember going to, and you'll just have to forgive me. It's a miracle I'm standing up here tonight. I know many of you have been praying for me. But I'm praying for a stronger voice. you got to blame the worship team. I, I gave it all to the Lord singing out tonight. I've got, I've got little, but I'm working on the little that I've got. <laughs> so I remember becoming a father and my affections changing and the vision of my life expanding. I remember going to my brother-in-law and, and we were in a talk. And I was, I was sharing with him just confidentially. And I was saying, you know... I'm just a little afraid that, that when we have children that it's going to pull so much of my time and affection, Bren's time and affection, away from me and mine away from her. And he said, no, 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 you're thinking of it all wrong. He said, it won't take away. He said, it won't subtract. It will actually multiply your love and affection for one another. It was such excellent counsel. I'll never forget it. But in experiential time, with the Lord, in friendship, and in intimacy with God. It's how we know Him. He wants to be known by you. God, 
God delights. It's amazing to me. It's no wonder. It's no wonder that David would write these words. What is man that you're, you're even mindful of him? Who are we to you? It's baffling. But David wrote these words that stir in all of our own minds and our imaginations. God, who are we really to you? And you need to hear tonight that God delights in you. He delights in you. He loves your presence. He loves your voice. He loves everything about you. And he wants to delight in you every day of 2019. This brand new year, God wants to delight in you every new day as the sun comes up, as brand new experiences are going to be on the horizons, of, as new chapters are written in your life. This brand new year, you need to know God is dreaming magnificent dreams over your life and your destiny. He delights in you. He cherishes you. He sings songs of romance and victory over your life. Zephaniah the prophet, in Zephaniah 3, he says that God literally sings and dances. And he spins like a top over your life. That changes everything for me. I'm telling you what, that changes everything for me. It should change everything for you. There are going to be days of this brand new year that you're going to feel alone. There are days that are going to be very hard for you. Very hard for you. You need to remind yourself in the difficulty, in the challenges that God is singing songs of love and romance and glory and victory over your life. You need to remind yourself in the hard times, God is spinning like a top over you, watching you. And God is celebrating you in the heavens and in the earth. Come on, somebody give God praise. (laughs) Every child of God, every child of God has the potential and the ability to personally know and experience God and be known by God. This is more than just knowing about God, isn't it? It's more than just knowing about God or facts about God or theology about God. It's about having a glorious, ongoing, evolutionary relationship with God. I could tell you tonight, I, I, I know perhaps a lot of things about Abraham Lincoln. I know a lot about his life. I've, I've read books about Abraham Lincoln. I've, I've watched historical television about his presidency, his life, his, leg- his legacy. I know about the struggles that he faced During his presidency, I know that he went through deep, dark depressions through most of his life. He was so sober and so depressed through most of his life. Him and his wife, Sarah. I know that him and his wife, Sarah, that while they were in the presidency, they even lost children. I could tell you tonight, he was, he was assassinated April 15th, 1865 in, in Ford Theater in Washington, D.C. He was killed by a, a man named John Wilkes Booth. He was shot in the back of the head. I'm giving you facts about somebody I've never met. I never had a relationship with Abraham Lincoln. I never had the privilege of hearing his voice. I was not in relationship with him. I know, I know facts about him. I know history about him, but I've never had the privilege of being in relationship with Abraham Lincoln. Are you hearing what I'm saying? I've had the privilege of reading some of his very own words. I've been to his burial site where him and Sarah and their children are all buried in Springfield, Illinois. I've taken my wife there. I've taken our children there to where he's been laid to rest. But I never knew Abraham Lincoln. You understand what I'm saying? We have to know the Lord. We have to know the Lord. Hear this tonight. I I think it's one of the most scariest scriptures in all the Bible. The scariest scriptures in all the Bible. He said many, Jesus said many in that day, they will say to me, "Did, did we not? 
prophesy? Did we not heal the sick in your name? Did we not prophesy? Did we not do all these wonders in your name? And he shall turn to them and he will say, depart from me. I never knew you. There are a lot of people, they're practicing religion. They've been in church a long time. But they've not taken the path of digging down deep in the core of who they are to say, God, I want to know you intimately. And I want to experience you intimately. And I want you to know me. I want to be known by you. Are you with me tonight? The good news tonight is we can know God. That's the good news. You can know God. You can be led by the voice. And you can be led in the rhythmic cadence of the very heart of God. It can lead you. It can move you in life. Jesus says these words in John chapter 10. John chapter 10 in verse 27. He said that my sheep... They hear my voice. I love that. Are you with me tonight? John 10, are you there? My sheep, they hear my voice. And watch this. I know them. I love that. I know them. And they follow me. And I give them eternal life. And they shall never perish. Neither shall anyone snatch them out of my hand. Wow. You need to declare that over your life. No one will ever be able to snatch you out of the hands of God. Come on, shout to God tonight. Come on, victory. We are his sheep. You can know his voice. You can know his voice by quality time with God in his word. By becoming a man and a woman who desires to be with God, of opening His Word, cherishing His Word. I'm telling you, this is so simple, but the church of 2019 needs to hear this in this hour because the church as a whole is in such a famine of the Word of God. We have got to be people who cherish and love and go deep sea diving into the riches of the Word of God again. We've got to spend quality time of just sitting in the Word, living in the Word, memorizing the Word, speaking and declaring the Word, letting the Word wash over your spirit, letting the word, words of the Lord wash over your soul and cleanse you and keep you clean and keep you consecrated in this hour. Are you with me tonight? Jesus says in... In John 15, he says, I am the vine, you are the branches. He said, if you're connected to me, if you're rightly connected to me, there will be a stream that will come out from you from within of fruitfulness. You will bear fruit. You will have a stream of fruitfulness just coming from within you everywhere you go because it will be coming out of his very presence. Then he goes on to say these sobering words. He says, apart from me, you can do nothing. Well, we got to remember that, don't we? If you're going to be a leader to God's people, if you're going to be a leader in the kingdom, you've got to lead out of a place of union with Christ. A place of union of hearing the voice of the Lord. Listen, there are a lot of voices. There are a lot of voices you need to be hearing the voice of the Lord leading you, directing you, guiding you. You need quality people in your life affirming you're hearing the word of the Lord too. That's good. Time well spent with God. What happens is that God begins to lay his heart upon your heart. He begins to lay his feelings upon yours. He begins to lay his dream upon your dreams. He begins to share his earnest desires and his intentions with you. Not only about your world and your life, but the Lord wants to lay upon you his burden and feelings and dreams and desires for our nation, for a generation, 
for souls, for the nations of the earth. John Wesley was the man who said, the world has become my prayer room. Because when you yoke yourself with being with God and friendship with God, God can take you anywhere in the place of prayer. He knows your address right here in Sarasota or Venice or Palmetto. we got people from all over. He knows right where you are. But in that place of being with God, of intercession and prayer, God can begin to move you into continents and to loose holy angels on assignment to set things right. He will begin to speak to you. This is my desire. This is my desire for President Trump. This is my desire for the military. Are you hearing me tonight? Come on. Are you hearing me tonight? I'm giving you everything I've got. Stay with me tonight. I need you with me tonight. It involves us going to a deep spiritual place, but it also requires us going to a place of emotional attachment to the heart of God. And I've said this before, and I know that it rattles people. I know it disturbs people when I say this, but let it disturb you. (laughs) There is a difference between loving the presence of God and loving the heart of God. People will come into the presence of God and they love the presence. They'll worship, they'll sing, they'll lift their hands. But when they go out of that presence, they go and live like dumb and dumber. They live like a spirit of ignoramus just got all over them. Are you hearing what I'm saying? God wants us to be people that not just love His presence, but that we love His heart. When you're in covenant with someone, you will love and cherish their heart. When you are a man of covenant, when you are a woman of covenant, you will cherish the heart and the feelings and the emotions of God. When you're a covenant man, you will stay in that presence and the heartbeat of God will move you and direct you and lead you to where you will not break ranks with His heart. Intimacy is about heart to heart. And it's built on unconditional love. It's built on unwavering love. When you've received love, you can give love. Jesus said, freely you've received. Now go and freely give. I believe it's, um, I believe it's around Luke chapter 7. Where Jesus says about the woman who's been forgiven of her sins. He says that this woman loves much. Why? Because she was forgiven much. Think about that. That's Luke 7 verse 47. He said this woman, she has loved much because she has been forgiven much. I think possibly that Christians have difficulty at times of giving love and mercy away is Perhaps they're still dealing with the lack of revelation that Jesus has literally forgiven them of their sins. He's literally wiped away the sins that we have done in our past. Think about that. He nailed that mocking voice that just that mocking voice over and over about your past to the cross. So that it could no longer torment you and shame you and bring condemnation upon you. For those that are in Christ Jesus, there is now, therefore, no condemnation to them that are in Christ Jesus. Woo! It's good news. 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 Zechariah chapter 7. In verse 9, we're moving. It says, thus says the Lord of hosts, execute true justice. Show mercy and compassion everyone to his brother. Execute justice. Show mercy and compassion everyone to his brother. You'll not be able to do that this year unless you spend quality time with God. So God can fill you up afresh. God can fill Brian up afresh with his mercies and his compassion. 
It's what happens when you're with God. Moses waited patiently in the presence of the Lord. He learned how to become an intimate friend with God. Imagine being 40 days and 40 nights in the thick cloud of God on Mount Sinai. Imagine that. He sat daily in the presence of God, waiting for strategy that God would order his day. Think about all of the revelation that Moses received in these 40 days and 40 nights. The revelation of the tabernacle. The revelation of divine worship, the revelation of the blood, the revelation of sacrifice, the revelation of the holiness of God. Where did we get all this? Moses was learning this in the mountain of God, in the glory. He was being transformed from glory unto glory, and God was giving him, he was giving him a vision of how to enter into the place of worship. And he would make that tabernacle of the outer court and the inner court in the most holy place. And he would learn the revelation of coming through the blood of sacrifice and being cleansed and going before God as a sweet smelling aroma and a burning fragrance of the illumination and the light of God and the bread, the, the table of showbread, then passing through the veil. There was the ark of the covenant where the blood of the lamb was to be poured. It's a magnificent revelation of entering into the revelation of worship in the glory of God if you can praise until the spirit of worship can come and then as you worship then you wait for the glory to come and you stand in the glory it's magnificent where did it all come from? It came out of a burning, intimate friendship with God. Everything comes out of that. Your, your business idea, your multi-million business idea, your next adventure in God, it'll be born out of His manifest presence. That's where it's going to be born. Come on. Come on, church. Come on. God is waiting for you there. He's waiting in anticipation for you there to give you the strategy, to give you the plan, to give you the vision, to give you the dream. He wants to do it for all of us, all of us, and corporately for us. God will do it for you. He will do it for us if we seek Him with the whole heart and if we wait upon Him patiently. Psalm chapter 37 Psalm 37, I will not beat that microphone on the podium again. Sorry, guys. <laughs> Sorry. <laughs> Psalm 37, the psalmist writes in verse 3, he says, Trust in the Lord, trust in the Lord, and do good. Dwell in the land and feed on His faithfulness. My God, feed on his faithfulness. Delight yourself also in the Lord, and he shall give you the desires of your heart. Commit your way to the Lord. Trust also in him, and he shall bring it to pass. He shall bring forth your righteousness as the light. And your justice as the noonday, rest in the Lord and wait patiently for Him. The scripture teaches us and shows us that Moses led Joshua to the place of the tabernacle of meeting. And Moses would return to the camp, but it says that Joshua would linger he would stay out at the tabernacle, the tent of meeting. When Moses would go back into the congregation of the people, that Joshua was a lingerer. And I just write that word down tonight. He was a lingerer. He would stay because he wanted to learn of the manifest presence of God. Exodus 33 verse 11, it says that literally the Lord would speak to Moses face to face as a man speaks with his friend. And I'm going to tell you, that caused such holy jealousy to come up in Joshua's spirit and in his heart that I want to know God like Moses is knowing God. I want to be a friend with God. That's what was burning deep in the core, in the core of Joshua's young 
life. I want to know you, God. I want to have friendship with you, God. I want you to speak to me face to face. I want you to trust me with your word. I want you to trust me with your instruction. I will be a man who will obey your voice. I will be a woman who will tremble at your word. Are you hearing this tonight? He would stay, this young aide, this young apprentice, to Moses. He didn't leave the tent. And here's the principle that we often miss. Like Moses, every spiritual father or shepherd, they will always lead you to the source of true impartation. And that's to Jesus himself. My job is to lead you to him. Paul said, you can follow me only as I follow the Lord. Are you with me tonight? Even Moses acknowledged there was one greater than himself. In essence, he was saying, I can only take you so far in proximity. I can only take you so far. There's an old saying, you can, I mean, you can only take a horse to the trough, but you can't make him drink. I can take you so close in proximity, but it takes you pressing in to say, God, I want to know you. I want to know you. And I'm telling you, folks, the good news is you can know God. And you can be known by God. You can be a friend of God. You can be trusted by God. You can bear up under His Word and run with His presence. Are you hearing what I'm saying? I want to say this new year, drink deeply of the Word. Drink deeply of the Word. Eat the Word continually. You know, when I would go out as a young revivalist in my early 20s, my wife and I were traveling all across America before the Lord started opening up international doors to me. But as we would go, something unique would happen. And pastors would tell me about it all the time. They would say, Brian, ever since you came into our church, there's been an insatiable hunger for the Word of God. People are reading the Word like never before. It's like the, angels that, the angel that came before the prophet and said, now take this scroll and eat it. This year of 2019, you need to take the Word and you need to eat it. You need to drink it. You need to eat it. You need to drink it. You need to sleep it. You need to say it. You need to proclaim it. I pray that that anointing, that fresh anointing for you to be able to eat and digest the Word of God just is loosed in this house right now in Jesus' name that you eat more than ever this year. Amen. <laughs> That's a good word. I'm not trying to blow your fast either, okay? That you eat more than ever of the word. Moses wanted Joshua to know God even beyond his own experience and his own potential to know God intimately. 2 Corinthians again. I just want to read that opening verse. I remember when Cody sent me the list. I had just gotten done preparing my message, and I was just with the Lord in prayer in my home, just beginning to just walk with the Lord and, and just grab this night in my, my anointed imagination. And he sent me that song, listen to the first song, where the Spirit of the Lord is, there is freedom. I just laughed. I said, God, you're so good. It's another kiss from you. But we all with unveiled face, beholding as in a mirror the glory of the Lord, we're being transformed into the same image from glory to glory, just as by the Spirit of the Lord. It is our destiny to look like Jesus. It is my destiny. To be conformed into the image of the Son of God. I'm telling you this year of 2019, your destiny is to be conformed into the image of Jesus. Your destiny this year is to be conformed to bear His image that people see His manifest presence in your countenance. And the burning of your eyes in your presence, in your touch. 
It's your destiny to be conformed to his image. The people would say, wow, when I met with them, the Lord was there. I felt the Lord. We've got to live this way. We've got to look for Christ in each other. Amen. We've got to live this way. Worship, in my opinion, is the greatest catalyst to intimacy with God. I believe that. It is one of the greatest catalysts of intimacy with God. You know, being a musician, it helps me in movements to feel the music. But worship is not just music, folks. But it is a catalyst that takes me to being real before God. Worship is that catalyst that takes us to become real before God, to humble ourselves, to have a new revelation of knowing Him. It is experiential. Remember that. It's revelatory. It's, it's an experiential process that the Lord has unveiled to us again. And again, we're missing it. If we're just singing songs, and I'm not saying that we're missing it at victory. I'm just saying there's a, there's a whole nother dimension. We're missing it if we're just singing songs off of screens and thinking, wow, we moved from that song to that song. We're not supposed to be moving from song to song. We're supposed to be moving from glory to glory. We're supposed to be moving from glory to glory. It's where that unfolding, the unfolding and the revelation and the heart of God and the mind of God and the dreams of God start being unfolded to us and we behold Him as in a mirror. And as we behold Him, we become like Him. We become like Him. We become like Him. I want to be like Him. I want to be that burning man. I want you to be that burning man. I want you to be that burning woman this year. When I go to Washington, D.C. on my divine assignments this year, I want to be that burning man. That man of fire. That fire in my eyes. The fire in my touch. The word of the Lord in my mouth. How? How? At a time of friendship with God. Quality time set apart unto God. God, what is your desires? What is your will? What would you say? What would you do? And speak when he says speak. And be silent when he says be silent. Are you with me tonight? My life has been changed and impacted. In an atmosphere of worship. In deep communion with the Lord through intimacy. Publicly and privately. Privately, heart to heart. I want you to write this down tonight, and I've said it throughout this entire message, actually the entire night, but Ruth, Ruth Ward Heflin, she wrote a magnificent book called Glory. She wrote many books, Revival Glory, River Glory. She went to be with the Lord back in 2000. She wrote these words. She said, praise until the spirit of worship comes. Praise until the spirit of worship comes. And then she said these words. She said, worship until the glory comes. And then she said, then stand in the glory. Ruth had an amazing ministry. She was based out of Ashland, Virginia. And then she moved her ministry on to Washington, D.C. and then on to Jerusalem. She had a worldwide ministry that was so powerful. We're talking about encountering God in the place of friendship and intimacy with God. In worship, in that place where we want to go this year in our worship as a corporate, as a man and a woman, but as a corporate body. We want to go to that place where the spirit of worship comes so thick and tangible that the glory comes. I've been in su I have been in such tangible, thick glory glory meetings where we didn't have to pray for anyone. Everyone was being healed because of the glory of God. People were being delivered, freed from addictions, free from spirits. How did it come? The glory of the Lord was so thick, so tangible, so manifest. We're talking about the manifest presence of God. Where we worship until the glory comes and we learn to stand and minister in that glory. 
Intimacy is not developed by just simply being around worship or worship services. It has to become personal for you, friend. It has to become personal. You must hunger for the presence of God more than anything else in the world. You must hunger for the presence of God. You know, hunger for God should literally be the norm. It should not be an anomaly. It should be the norm in the church. Are you with me? In the, in the spirit of worship, there is an unveiling. There's an unfolding in His presence where God is revealed and where we are known. Where God is revealed and we are known. If you have, if you have, and just be transparent in your own space in this room right now, in your seat where you're at. If you have an issue in your life of feeling misunderstood, you need to spend more time with God because He understands you. And when you're known by God, it takes that out of you. Are you hearing what I'm saying? This could be the revelation that just takes people to another dimension this year. If you deal with that issue, like I, I like feeling abandoned or alone or lonely or misunderstood, God knows you. He intimately knows you. He understands you. He understands your essence. He understands your struggle. He understands your pain. We have a high priest. Paul writes in Hebrews, we have a high priest who is literally moved by the things that we go through. Why? Because Jesus learned obedience through what he suffered. The Lord understands you. And in his presence, you can be understood. And you can know this, you're not alone. I hope I'm helping you tonight. I know a lot of you are contemplating your fast <laughs> about this year. Write this down tonight. Fasting is learning how to hunger for God. That's simply what it is. Fasting is learning how to hunger for God. You know, it's, it's funny how, how often we fast. And, you know, as soon as we move into our time of fast for the new year, we're dreaming of pancakes. <laughs> Glory to God. And, and waffles with chicken on it and all that, you know. But what happened? Stop it right now. I heard Wawa's donuts. But what should happen in fasting is we begin to develop the appetite for the very presence of God himself. And that's what it does. When you set your, when you set your course, whatever you're going to begin to fast this year, and that's between you and the Lord. If you're going on an extended fast or many days, whatever it is, just remember this. God never calls anyone to a season of fasting and prayer. He calls us to a lifestyle of fasting and prayer. Remember that. Let it be a lifestyle. Psalm chapter 42, and I'm wrapping up. Psalm 42. It says, as the deer... Verse 1, pants for the water brook, so my soul pants for you, O God. My soul thirsts for you, for the living God. When can I come and appear before God? I hunger for God. See, it should be the norm to hunger, to have expectation to encounter God. James chapter 4 in verse 8, it says, draw near to God, and he will draw near to you. Draw near to God, and he will draw near to you. When you draw near to God, you will begin to develop that appetite for the word. You will begin to develop that appetite to have burning time of prayer before the Lord. There's no substitute for intimacy with God, friend. There's not sermons, there's not any of that. There's no substitute of being with God. Bethel TV is not your substitute for being with God. 
I love Bill Johnson. He's my dear friend. In fact, he's my pastor. And I looked, I love Bill, and I look to Bill, and we're in relationship, but nothing compares to the relationship of being intimate with God. Are you hearing me tonight? I want to close with this scripture tonight in Revelation chapter 3. Revelation chapter 3 and verse 20, Jesus says these words. Jesus says these words. He says, Behold, I stand at the door and knock, and if anyone hears my voice and opens the door, I will come in to him and dine with him and he with me. I love this verse. That Greek word in dine, I want to tell you what it means tonight. Dine, it means the principal meal of the day. What is the principal meal? It's at the closing of a day when a family comes together to share not just a meal, but their experience of the day. I want you to get this tonight because this is a beautiful picture. This is the best times in the Gibbs house, especially as our kids are older, 18 and 17, and Josiah's out working, and Victoria's in school of ministry, and when we come together as a family, we're not just eating, we're not just enjoying the food. What are we doing? We're enjoying the experience of life. We're learning life together. What is the unfolding of the story of life that you're walking through? Josiah recently came home to our home. We were having a meal together, and he began to share with us about an individual that he works with that is in a transgender place. And it just broke our hearts as we began to pray for her. What am I talking about? I'm talking about the experience of life. The Lord says, if you hear me knocking, I want to come in and dine with you. I want to sit down and I want to talk to you about the experience of life. And I want you to know me experientially. I want to have these interfaces with you. I want to have these heart-to-heart and face-to-face transactions with you so that you're changed into my glory, my very essence, my very presence, my fire, my glory, my anointing. And if we hear his voice, if we hear him knocking, we open the door. I want you to make some fresh commitments for this year of 2019. To spend quality time with God. Quality time with God. To have friendship with God. Because we're going from glory to glory. Thank you for listening to Victory Church of His Presence Sermon of the Week. For more information, go to our website at victoryfla.com.